Today we're going to continue and I want to share something with you that I believe is uh, it's needed. Not to say that the things we've been talking about the last few weeks aren't needed, but today it's a big message and I think it's a message that, that is all about this time of the year and about Christmas. Today I want us to talk about total surrender. Yeah, I mentioned the S word, surrender. And when I talk about surrender, I'm talking about giving myself fully. I'm talking about giving myself completely to God. You see, when I'm totally surrendered, that means that I surrender everything I have and everything I am to be used by God for his purposes. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, frankly, I believe that it would be easier for us to offer ourselves not as living sacrifices, but as dead sacrifices, I, I, I think it would be a lot easier for us to, that if we could just, just say, okay, God, here we are. We just surrender. We give up and that'd be the end of us. But that's not what God wants in Romans chapter 12. See, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he is pleading with us to give ourselves as a living sacrifice. He doesn't want some cold, limp, lifeless body. He wants everything we have. He wants everything we are. He wants our desires. He wants our goals, our gifts. He wants our time. He wants our talents. And yes, even our finances. He wants everything completely surrendered to him. That's total surrender, dedicated fully to him to be used for his purposes. Listen, for those of you here today and you're just kind of trying to wrap your mind a little bit more around what God wants of your life and what he's desiring. Listen, God doesn't want to just be another activity on your schedule. And you know what you're saying, I go to the gym and I work out. Or, hey, I've got basketball practice or I've got a basketball game to attend. Or, hey, I just do church. God doesn't just want to be one of those activities. He doesn't want to just be a a slice of our lives. Just, uh, we'll take God a little bit to work when the pastor says, hey, you know, have you ever thought that maybe God planted you there to show him off? He doesn't want to just have a little role in our family. He doesn't want to just be invited to just a portion or a slice of, of your relationships that you share with your friends. No, he wants to be involved in all of it. Listen, God isn't a date on the calendar. He is the calendar. He, 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 he doesn't just want to be a, a slice of your life. He is your life. And I think once we awaken and, and, and come to this realization of truly what total surrender is, we will see that God wants to consume everything about us, every moment, every day, not just once a week, not just the two-minute Devo reading in the morning, not just when we gather around the table to, to bless the food. He wants to be our life. Are we okay so far? 
You know, the Bible is, is filled with people who were slow to give up on their plans and do what God asked of them. That, that gives me hope. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm a little slow in submitting and surrendering sometimes to what God is really calling me to do. That's why I like to read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, you're going to find it filled with people who, who were a little slow in, in surrendering what they had planned. They might have been slow in surrendering maybe their talents or their skills or their giftings, maybe even some of their resources. They, they, were, they were a little slow to surrendering their dreams for the purposes that God had for them. For instance, Moses. Moses, I mean, think about that. Of all the kinds of excuses that, that, that he could have used, he, he used a lot of excuses on why he shouldn't go back to Egypt. I think of Gideon. Gideon was sure that, that God had selected the wrong person to go and defeat the Midianites. There's Jeremiah. Jeremiah thought that, that he was too young to, to, to be the Lord's prophet, to be his mouthpiece to the people. I'm reminded of Jonah. Jonah refused to go to a city called Nineveh that, that, that God had called him to go and minister to. So, so he caught a boat and he began to sail the opposite direction. And we know how that turned out. I even think of Esther. Esther was afraid of the king, wasn't she? She was afraid that she would not be welcome there. And she was afraid that if she went before the king, that he would put her to death. I think that there are many of us that can relate to some of these things. I think that there are many of us that, that, that are a lot like these people. We're afraid. We think that we're not adequate. We're, we're, we're maybe too timid to release everything for the calling that God has on us. So a lot of us are like these people before they surrendered their lives to God's purposes. But ultimately, we know that every one of these people that I just listed for you today, we know that ultimately these people all did what God asked of them. And so I just wonder today as we're trying to, to wrap our minds around this idea of total surrender, are, are we willing to follow their examples and are we truly willing to surrender our lives to God? Total surrender. You know, it wasn't easy for Mary to do that. We're saying about a holy night and that night was glorious, but think about those nights leading up to that. To think, think about those conversations that Mary had with the angel and think about those conversations Mary must have had with, with Joseph and, and even with her family. It wasn't easy for Mary to completely surrender all, total surrender to God. But the gospel of Luke tells us beginning in verse 26, the Luke tells us that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. You see, Mary was, was young. She was probably a, 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 still a teenager. She was living in, in Nazareth. We know that she was engaged to be married to this man by the name of Joseph. And so think about it. Here, here's Mary, and, and she's making plans for her wedding day. And, and she's making plans for starting her new life with Joseph. And it may not have been the most exciting future possible, but, but it was the one that Mary and Joseph had chosen. 
And then God shows up. God sent this angel Gabriel to Mary. Look what it says in verses 30 and 31. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him what, church? Talk about a sudden change in your plans. I mean, talk about having your course redirected. But unlike Moses, unlike Gideon, and unlike Jonah, Mary did not say no to God. Continue the story in verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How many of you are thankful for the Spirit of God? The power that we have? And so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And verse 38 says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You see, Mary surrendered totally. Mary surrendered her reputation. She surrendered her future. She surrendered her her life to the Lord. Nothing at that moment was the same for Mary. From that moment on, her life was different. She didn't know what her parents would say. She didn't know what Joseph would do. She, She did not even know how the people in Nazareth would treat her. All she knew, all she knew was that God had chosen her to be the mother of the promised Messiah. Mary said, yes. She said, yes, Lord. That brings us to Joseph. Mary's fiance, scripture says. When when he finds out that that, that Mary is pregnant, he he knows, he knows that he's not the father of, of her child. His whole life is put on the line at that moment also. Nazareth was a small town. Joseph knew that the people would talk. Joseph was a carpenter and and, and in all likelihood uh, at this moment in his life, he probably had been working on the house that he and Mary would be living in. Should he now continue with that? Should he finish the house? Scripture describes Joseph as as a good man, a man who tried to obey God's commands. Think about it. Joseph could have gotten mad, and he he could have even gotten even with Mary. He, He could have taken his revenge out on her publicly, exposing her, but he didn't. He didn't. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew tells us that that Joseph decided to, to, to break uh, break his engagement with Mary quietly. He, she, she could go and, and, and visit her cousin Elizabeth and, and, and have the child there and no one would even know. But as God does so oftentimes whenever we tend to start moving our own way, God also sent an angel to Joseph. He sent a message to Joseph. Matthew 1 verse 20 says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
And she will have a son and and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Wow, was this a dream or or was this a nightmare? Joseph right now, he's got his life, he's got a plan. He's he's got his course set. Now he, he has to decide what to do. And instead of doing things his, his own way, Joseph listened to the angel of the Lord. And instead of seeking revenge, Joseph chose compassion. Joseph listened, and here's what Joseph did. He obeyed what God asked him to do. Like Mary, Joseph also surrendered his reputation. He, he surrendered his future. Joseph surrendered his life to the Lord. But both Mary and and, and Joseph welcomed Jesus into their world. But listen, it was not an easy decision. But somehow they came to that place where they understood that God's ways are higher. Oh, what a difference this birth would make in their lives and in the course of history. You know, Christmas is only five days away. Hate to burst your bubble. And Pastor Chach has already made me feel like a loser this morning because I've not finished. But Christmas is only five days away. And, you know, there are a lot of people that won't give Jesus a thought as they celebrate Christmas. They'll be more concerned about their presence. They'll be more concerned about their family and what's on the menu. Do we eat at noon? Do we eat in the evening? You know, there's basketball on. I mean, they're just their celebration. I mean, what do we do? They'll be more concerned about those things. There will be some people who will acknowledge Jesus' birthday and they'll welcome him into the world because his name is everywhere and they know the Christmas carols, but yet they won't welcome him into their world. Are we ready for Jesus to come into our world? Are you ready for Jesus to come into your lives? Are you willing to, to, to be as open and receptive to him as, as Mary and Joseph? Are you open and receptive to, to this promised one, the promise of God? Are, are we willing to receive Jesus into our hearts? Are, are we willing to, to, to let him make a difference in our lives? If we, if we say yes, I'm telling you, you're going to find your lives changed. If you come to that place, you say yes to Jesus, and you say, yes, I totally surrender everything I am. Jesus moved to the center of my life. I'm telling you, it will change your life. And so what, what does it mean to welcome Jesus into our lives? Well, first of all, it means that we let Jesus take the lead and, and we follow him. Listen, we don't know what the future is going to bring, we, we, but we do know that the Lord will always be with us. And so listen, listen to God's voice. Turn everything that you have over to him. Follow him. What does it mean to welcome Jesus in our lives? It means that we wait for his timing. Listen, the children of Israel had waited over 400 years before the birth of the promised Messiah. They'd waited a long time for God to send his son into the world. And listen, when you say yes to Jesus and totally surrender to him, listen, God may not act as quickly as you want, but he's never late. He's an on-time God. 
Yes, he is. And so instead of taking matters into your own hands, wait for God's timing. What does it mean to let Jesus be the center of our lives? It means that we also, we trust in God's promises. Listen, God always keeps his promises. As God promised to send his son into the world to pay the price for our sins, God also promises that he will always be with us. That he will help us face whatever comes our way, whatever challenge of life we may encounter. He also promises that he will come again. (laughs) And to all those who call him Father, there's an eternity awaiting us. Have you totally surrendered to Jesus? Total surrender. And I'm not just talking about saying yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'm talking about has Jesus literally changed everything about your life? Has he consumed your thinking? Is he more than just a slice of life? Is he more than just an appointment or a date on a calendar? Is Jesus your life? You see, when Jesus is our life, he changes things. You know that Jesus is changing lives in this house. Did you know that? For, for the last nine and a half years, it has been absolutely incredible for me to see life change happen. For me to see some of you move from darkness to light. For some of you to to have relationships that have been restored, we've seen healing take place not only spiritually but physically here. We've seen jobs provided. God is at work because people in this house are totally surrendering and they're saying yes to Jesus. Have you? In fact, I just want to kind of read some stories to you today about how God is at work and what he's doing here. Little sixth grade boy asking Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. Stepping up on a, on a ladder just last week and being able to activate a light bulb that was dark and now turning it on and activating because he once was lost, but now he's found. Jesus is changing people's lives. We, we, we just finished a study here called Changes That Heal. And there are people that are starting to walk in wholeness and experience healing from their wounds of the past. Through this study, people are being empowered to think and act in God's reality and not to be controlled by the culture of this world or the fickle opinion of people around them. Many of them have learned that uh, to to, to listen to the voice as the, the voice of truth speaks truth. They've listened to the will of the Father and they are activating that and living it out through their words and their actions. God's changing people. He's healing people. Total surrender. I love our student pastor sharing with me uh, about a 10th grade uh, young man who, who decided to, to start a Bible study on his school campus. He's getting ready and wants to step out and be used by God. He's afraid. He doesn't know what it's going to look like. He doesn't know what people are going to say. But he just knows that God's saying, do this. Another, one of our senior young men reading the book of Isaiah. Don't you love it when teenagers read the word of God instead of become better at shooting people on a gaming system? Reading the book of Isaiah and he just admits, you know, it kind of got a little boring, maybe a struggle for me. But through our time in small groups, 
being encouraged to keep going, to keep digging in. I'm telling you, that's surrendering my plans to get in the word of God. One of our high school young girls also gave her life to Jesus and was able to turn her light bulb on on the found sign outside. And she is showing this passion. She's honest and asking questions. She just doesn't know, but she wants to dig in and know more of God, who he is. And oh, by the way, this young lady is the only believer in her home. You talk about being totally surrendered and living for Jesus in a dark world. A wife shared a story with us. She says, my husband's a different man because of the Lord in 1910 church. We're only together because of God and prayer. The men of this church modeling what a, what a godly man looks like and talks like and acts like has helped him so much. It scares me to think where we would be without this church. We've been through so much and we've we've made so many changes. I'm glad that we are in Bernie at 1910 Church and that there are other men in my husband's life. God using men in this house that are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus and stepping up and showing what it means to be a man of God. We have another father that's got a fourth grade son. Said, my son's been asking questions. And, and, and talking about Jesus, I'm telling you, God's doing stuff in kids' ministry. I thought kids were supposed to just come and play games and color pictures at church, not hear about Jesus and ask mom and dad about it. Hey, that's scary for some of you parents when your kids come asking you about Jesus, isn't it? This little fourth grade asking dad about Jesus. And just a couple of weeks ago, he gave his life to Jesus, abs, abs, able to step up on a ladder and activate his light bulb. Wow. I, I love this one. We this week have been sharing with our staff and just been praying for, for several weeks actually about the financial health of our church right now and the giving of the house. And the way we're just sharing this Tuesday, we meet on, on Tuesdays as a staff at, at one o'clock and we're back here in the garage and, 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 and I'm sharing and calling our staff to pray and, and Pastor Robert gets up and he leaves. I'm going, thanks a lot. Why are you leaving? I am sharing my heart, Robert, and you get up and you leave the room. There were a couple of ladies at the front door here and, and weren't able to get in the building and, and, and Pastor Robert went out and, and began to, to, to help these ladies. And, and after sharing... Uh, with them and, and asking what they were there. Th- this lady said, hey, listen, uh, last Sunday was my first time to come to this church, last Sunday. And um, the Lord's just told me that I need to come and, 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 and leave a check. She, she left a check for $5,000 Tuesday. One, one visit. Why would you do that? She shared that her family has, has not been wealthy and the Lord has recently blessed them, and, and, and they just began, they wanted to tie. They wanted to, to pour out a blessing on the house just as God had poured out a blessing on them. It's the first time she attended, but she said, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I saw how we love and care for others. And oh, by the way, she doesn't even live in Bernie. She and her husband live in Germany. He's in the military. But they're buying a house here. She said, we can't wait to get there. She said, save me a seat. It's going to be about eight months. But we'll be back. 
I love this email from a lady we received. My husband and I count our blessings every morning. We're so thankful for the church and the family with, within that, that have been so supportive. We truly have never experienced anything like this before. It really makes us appreciate it so much. You know, God's at work in women's lives too. I love this email. This, this weekend I attended the Radiant Women's Conference. Got to say... I've been to so many conferences at Willow Creek and other churches. I've even been to Women of Faith. I can't say that any of them were better than this one. From decorations to food to giveaways, I always like those, she says. It was top-notch. Last but not least, Tara Jenkins was absolutely fantastic. She was relevant. She was funny. I'm going to sign up for next year as soon as registration's open. Anyone want to join me, she says. Even through simple acts of volunteering and serving around here. My husband and I volunteered for the first time last, or today. It was such a wonderful experience and a great way to meet more people. I can't wait until we do it again. Smile emoticon. Total surrender. Showing up early because I want to love and greet and welcome people, serve people. Total surrender, it's, it's saying yes to a conference. It's saying yes to this activity or whatever. It's total surrender. It's, being, it's listening to the voice of God when God says, hey, I want you to do that. L- even through kids' ministry, just a little thing of, of riding their tricycles and, and big wheels and razors through something we call Ready, Set, Go. Listen to this. What a great time we had at Ready, Set, Go. Those NT kids are, NT kids are awesome. My son made new friends, and he's really excited about it. Not to mention mom and dad made some friends too. We're loving Bernie more and more along with 1910 Church. Hey, guys, listen, I could go on and on and on, but here's what I want you to know. God's at work in this house. People are saying yes to Jesus. They're totally surrendering their time and their talents. They're they're surrendering their resources. They're surrendering their finances in order to take Jesus to those that are lost so that they may be found. But can I just tell you something? There's more than this happening, and I believe that there's more coming. Can I share with you something else? We have 434 active members in this church. I love when I go to preacher's meetings, hey, what's your membership? We have 434 active members. Over the last 12 months, we had 443 total givers to this ministry of this church. 443. In in addition to, to the 434 members that we have that have signed a covenant and, and become a member of the church. We, we have 1,117 people that, that are labeled as regular attenders of this church, meaning that they volunteer, they serve, they attend life groups, or attend maybe Manu or Radiant. They have attended the EDGE class, maybe not have signed the covenant, but they've attended the EDGE class. And some of them have even given 1,117. But only 443 gave. 
and there are 1,108 on top of that 434, 443 that are labeled as regular attenders that have not given anything to the ministry and what God's doing here in this church. And I'm sitting there going, I, I wonder when we, when we talk about total surrender and when we say yes to Jesus, if we really understand this idea of totally surrendering everything we are to him. I know it's hard. I, I, I prayed with the men this morning. I, I feel like sometimes we, we, we want those easier things about saying yes to Jesus. But when it comes maybe to some of the harder, more difficult things, it's, it's just we kind of push back. Hokey pokey in our faith. I'm just wondering what God might do in this house if we really totally surrender. Make no mistake about it, life change is happening. And God is activating light bulbs in a found sign that once was dark, but is lighting up. But I'm just telling you something. I want to be a part of a movement that this church represents. I want to be a part of a movement where, where, where people really believe in and dive in and want the Spirit of God to, to not only work here, but our heart's desire is to take him off of this campus and literally to the ends of the earth. I, I want to be a part of a movement of God where people are consumed with the gospel and they take Jesus with them wherever they go. I want to be a part of a movement where people gladly sacrifice their pleasures and the pursuits and the possessions of this world because they understand and know that we're living for the treasure in a world to come. And we're investing in that. I want to be a part of a movement where where people forsake every ambition in favor of one eternal aspiration to find people and restore them to a relationship with a God who loves them. Total surrender. We desire to see people walking in a relationship with Christ. God understood total surrender when he said, you know what? I'm sending my one and only son, Jesus. There wasn't another one. It was him, the only one. That's total surrender. Mary and Joseph said, yes, but we have other plans. We've not even had relationships and I'm pregnant. Are you kidding me? What will people, but Lord, listen, we'll do it. We'll do it, Lord. Sacrifice their plans and their dreams because God called them. I'm just wondering what might happen if we could learn more of what total surrender is. Are you totally surrendered? I'm just telling you, if I could encourage you with something today, don't miss out on the blessing of what God is doing in this house. 
Don't miss out on the blessing that God has for you when you say yes to him and you're faithful in all aspects of your life. All aspects. Even the ones that don't make sense. Surrender to him. Lord, I'm praying today for every one of us in this house. Lord, I'm praying, God, that we would somehow understand what you're calling us to be about. Lord, this idea of total surrender, it's, 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 <clears throat> it so oftentimes goes against what our plans, our dreams, our desires, the map that we have for our own life. It so oftentimes goes against that. God, when we surrender to you, oftentimes it just doesn't make sense and people are gonna look at us and they're gonna go, what are you thinking, what are you doing? And God, sometimes we don't even have an answer for that. We just know, thus saith the Lord. Total surrender. Lord, I'm praying that we would understand that even when it comes to our finances. Lord, this this is a... uh, um, We're just in a position right now that we've never been in financially as a church. Lord, we could try to come up with understandings why and rationalize and make excuses or what, but I'm not going to do that. I just know that, God, we have so many, so many that are faithful attenders and participants, but yet, God, we've not totally surrendered when it comes to supporting financially the work of 1910 Church. And Lord, I'm just praying. I'm praying for a miracle. And and, and please hear my heart, Lord. This is not because of anything I've said today, but Lord, I'm just praying that, that through the work of your spirit today, just as you worked in Mary and Joseph's life, God, I'm praying that they would understand that when the spirit is calling us to do something, it may not make sense, but I'm telling you, saying yes to the spirit is the right answer. It's the only appropriate response. And so, God, I'm praying. God, this house would have more than enough. We do have more than enough here, Father, in order to run with the vision and the ministry that you have for this house. And, God, I'm praying that your people would bring it. God, I also know that there's someone here today that has never said yes to you. They've never totally surrendered their life to you. And said, hey, Jesus, would you come in and just consume me and be my Lord? For whatever reason, Lord, they've pushed you off and they've, they've pushed you aside and they've never just, and I'm not going to try to make excuses for that either or try to rationalize that. I, I just don't get why someone would not accept a free gift of, of forgiveness and love and restoration and life eternal on earth, abundant and eternal in heaven one day. I just don't. But God, today, I'm praying for that person today that they would just say yes to Jesus. In fact, right now, I want to ask our prayer ministry partners to come and join me down front because I believe that today there's someone here that needs to say yes to Jesus. I really believe that. 
I, I, I really believe that there's someone here today, Jesus, that wants to say yes to you and ask you to come into their life to be Lord and Savior, to totally surrender today, to lay their pride on the table and, and sacrifice and say, Jesus, come and consume me. If that's you today, even while I'm talking, I'm going to ask you to come right now and just say yes to Jesus. God, I pray that we totally surrender ourselves to you and be faithful to all that you've called us to. And God, I'm just reminded that that holy night, what made it so holy, what made it a night like none other is because of that birth. That birth is not a one-time event. That birth continues to change our lives even today. That same child that that was born in a manger that went to a cross is the same child that, that left his spirit here on earth and it still consumes us and it's still his spirit. It's the voice of Jesus saying, hey, do this. And so God, I pray that we would obey the spirit and that we would obey your spirit promptly. God, to whatever you're calling us to do in life. God, thank you for showing us what total surrender is. Thank you, Lord. And we will respond the same way. I want to thank you for being here today. And as we dismiss here in just a few seconds, I want you to know that our prayer ministry team is here today and we would be honored nothing more than just to pray with you and encourage you. Whether that be giving your life to Jesus Christ or maybe today there's just, there's just something you're carrying around. Hey, listen, we want to encourage you and pray with you today in whatever you're facing and going through. And so in just a second, I'm going to say amen and we're going to stand and we're going to be dismissed quietly. And if we can just love on you and encourage you and pray in any form or fashion today, we would be honored to do that. behalf of our church family, Merry Christmas. And we'll see you Thursday night at six o'clock on Bernie's main plaza. You're dismissed. Thank you.